0: Make You Happen podcast with Sanjay Desai, a podcast that will empower you in achieving everyday success. Hello, everyone. As I shared in episode two, I was on this mission to verify if we carry the power to create our own personal reality. Krishna Krishnanangiri, whom I had met in a Himalayan cave in the early nineties, had challenged my worldview that life is a matter of random coincidences. I had therefore set out to test her dictum. I experimented by integrating her dictum in my materially ambitious life. In the last episode, I shared some initial experiences through my corporate life, which made it difficult for me to reject the possibility. The only way to test it out completely was to leave my security and comfort of an MNC life and plunge into entrepreneurship. In this episode, I will share my experience of manifesting in respect of my entrepreneurial journey from the year 2000 to 2014. I will do this divided into four phases. In phase one, I began by taking a soft landing into entrepreneurship by joining Emphasis as a director incubation. Expectations of e-commerce were huge during those times. They were the dot-com times. And startups were mushrooming all over. I was to take a ride on that, and if and when one of them succeeded through the first phase, the idea was to take up the business and run it as an entrepreneur. Guess what happened? Dot-com crash of 2001 became the first major event in my entrepreneurial pursuit. Emphasis had to dissolve the incubation division. I was forced to make a choice. Get back to a corporate life or pursue my dream in those crashed and depressing times. It was too soon for me to give up. I justified it to myself. Maybe this was a test of commitment from the universe? So I persisted. And I also hedged. Some good friends helped me with consulting assignments in bank assurance. Remember my bank assurance launch in Saudi Arabia? I also set up a bridging company to bring outsourcing work from foreign corporations to India. For this, I partnered with one senior retired insurance professional who was based in the United Kingdom. Additionally, I also began helping a small software company with my banking domain expertise in exchange for a tiny stake. Thus, I ended up being in three spaces. I was a wannabe with no clue that an entrepreneurial journey requires complete focus on one. In another six months came my second shock. My British partner decided that entrepreneurship was not for him. He suddenly left me one fine sunny English day and actually joined one of the outsourcing partners we were representing. It was like he was hijacked by the partner. Whoa! Not only was this a big learning of the shark-it-shark world, it was also my first loss of personal investments. I got punished for being naive. Thanks to my consulting and advisory, I still survived. My practices of meditation and yoga Stood me in good stead to weather these initial shocks. They sustained my self belief. Now, as they say, when one door closes, another opens. One more significant coincidence in my life took place. The small software company that I was advising smelt an opportunity in my adversity. They came up with an attractive proposition to onboard me with them. We shook hands, and Orient Pro, a tech company, was born in partnership with me. This is where my second phase of the journey began. I was now a co-founder in a small company with rupees 3 crore turnover. I became part of a co-creation with other partners. They were very passionate, ambitious, and smart. I was supposed to pursue my BPO dream in parallel to the software business but very soon, I got sucked into the software business with the typical pressures of a bootstrap business, banking, client management, delivery, and so on. Thus, I had to shelve my dream in favor of a larger vision. I had never imagined myself as a technology entrepreneur, but one has to go with the flow. At Orion Pro, we began right. We defined our vision of being domain specialized. We focused all our energies on our niche, which distinguished us from the much bigger tech companies. We began attracting business and its resulting challenges as well. We responded well in a very cohesive spirit of co-creation. We faced the classic challenges of scaling up. Client delivery, internal processes, funding, marketing, Everything was at a stretch. I poured everything I had into the venture. My partners also pledged their property and maxed their credit limits. We barely took any income home. I had given up all my consulting to focus on what was there and demanded nurturing. Despite a huge climb down from my Saudi lifestyle, I got great support from my family. Like a sapling, we would keep getting swayed even just by breezy winds. Some clients would not pay or would delay payments, and we would have a survival crisis. We would have delayed salaries. We could not pay our vendors. You know, classic startup stress. Keeping people motivated, believing in the vision, we would all rally around to shield the sapling together, celebrate small successes, ignore setbacks and overcome failures. We soon realized that it's not possible to go on this way for long. We needed to have a stable platform if we were to take a leap to the next level. We needed proper external funding. But coming from our dot-com days, we were very reluctant to go to VCs. We had seen too many funded startups die. Then we took this bold decision of going for a public issue with just a 10 crore top line in 2005. Now that got timed so well, we got oversubscribed 26 times. I could not help but thank the universe enough. For a small company, it was quite miraculous how our pitch captured the imagination of the investing public. I was designated to take the company forward as the executive chairman. We took big risks and it was naturally very stressful. We were taking an ambitious public stance with the world. Investor roadshows, PR conferences, even TV interviews. In all these efforts and decisions, my faith and my well being practices helped me tremendously to manage the stress and face the world with my self belief. I remained self motivated. Resultantly, that also helped others with the same classic co-creation benefits. I genuinely believe that it was our collective positivity that brought this result. Our dreams and hopes were well-synced and contagious. Our whole organization worked hard, made sacrifices together, even if in small ways, to ensure that we succeed together and share in the experience of building something that is impactful. This brings me to phase three of my journey. We began getting everyone's attention. We were regularly invited by the media. The market valued us. As we grew organically, our stock became currency to grow through acquisitions. We grew multiple times in size, bagging several awards, including making it to the fastest hundred list of Forbes. Banks stepped forward to fund our acquisitions. I also found a third startup, an analytics company in a joint venture with a reconstructed private bank. This was a boom time of 2005, 2007. We were all on big highs. Our dreams only became bigger. It felt like nothing now could go wrong. I have also wondered if we thought we could even walk on water. But as I say in Hindi, Well, the waters we were riding on became a tsunami with the financial crisis of 2008-2009. That crisis brought in the phase four of my entrepreneurial journey. A whole world of dreams and hopes collapsed. Suddenly, everyone froze in their life as if there was no tomorrow, much like what we experienced recently in 2020. Markets fell to abysmal lows and as a small-cap publicly traded company, we took a very severe fall. Growth plans were waylaid. It was times of survival. We had borrowed to make investments for the future, on the high hopes of those times. Now, how does one service EMIs? As promoters, all our shares were pledged with banks. We had no personal liquidity. My analytics startup also took a hit as the business and funding dried up. Our partner bank merged into a larger bank who did not want our services. Like so many others, we scrambled to adjust to the new market conditions. We survived because fortunately we had critical mass, but we were distraught and we also became desired. We were used to growth as our DNA. How do you now adjust to downsizing? Had we become too complacent in believing that nothing could go wrong? We had over ourselves on the continued expectation of a brighter future. Does success also have its consequences? Is there a right way to handle success? These kind of thoughts plague me. Now, back to the bigger question. Do we carry the power to create our reality? Beginning from 2003, when Orion Pro was a mere 3 crore company to 2010, we had become a 300 crore plus global company in turnover, with over 1,000 employees. We were also recognized with several coveted awards, including being in the Forbes and Gartner Top 100. I, therefore, had no basis to deny anymore that we do not have that power. I could no longer assert that our world is only full of random coincidences. But it took me 20 years to prove that dictum to myself. Further, I realized that the journey is not clean, it's full of noise. My experience does not say that I can just sit and visualize an intent and do nothing else and the intent materializes. Maybe that would happen for Buddha? I don't know. The journey took me through so many ups and downs. It felt like going through so many fires and I was constantly playing snakes and ladders in real life. My circumstances, the people around me and I myself, everything changed so much. Had I intended that too? Was I really in control of my journey? Was I going with the flow or was I directing the flow? My self-awareness and meditation practices were the strong pillars that helped me cross the ocean. Not only did they sustain me, but they brought in deep insights that led me to significant evolution of my consciousness. By the end of it, I felt as if it was all about the journey. Haruki Murakami, the Japanese author, has famously put this so well. Once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through. But one thing is certain when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked. Ma Krishnan Giri passed away in August 2008. I have often wondered if a pointer for creating your own reality was just for its own sake. Or was it really to ensure my evolution as a human being? I began realizing how becoming conscious and taking conscious decisions leads us to a much more resilient and fulfilling life. Is that what she intended in asking me to find my own path and my own truth? As a legacy to Mark Nangiri, I set up Consciously Platform in 2016 with a vision to help people achieve their potential by triggering their self-awareness, their consciousness. Now, how would we do that? Over the next episodes, I will share how I have integrated lessons of my corporate and entrepreneurial journeys from a manifesting your reality perspective. We will amplify some of the universal takeaways. We will arrive at a core framework that integrates wellness and success that can make you happen. Thank you for being with me again. Looking forward to sharing my empowering insights over the next few episodes. Bye-bye. Make You Happen Podcast with Sanjay Desai. A podcast that will empower you in achieving everyday success.